I feel like I am at the age now, maybe like I had kind of already worked on my own mental health, like through therapy because of my, my eating disorder kind of forced me to. And so I think by the time that I got, you know, into the podcasting, into the social media, I was in a better headspace maybe. So when I would see these, you know, people kind of blow up, it's like, you know, inspirational in terms of like, oh, that's cool. That's fun. I think I've just, I've seen what I needed to see. Literally. <laughs> I, I feel similarly. I think I've always seen it as inspirational and I don't necessarily think that I have jealousy because I think that again, the older I get, the more I realize number one, that a slow burn is sometimes better than a super fast just like pop up to success. But I think the older I get, I'm happy where I am. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes. And today's guests are content creators, JC Marie Smith and Chelsea Jade Curtis. And you may also recognize them from their highly popular podcast, What We Said. And I'm super pumped to share this chat with you. And there's going to be tons of nuggets within. So let's get this conversation going. And welcome JC Marie Smith and Chelsea Jade Curtis to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Chelsea, JC, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm really looking forward to talking to you both. I've been kind of watching you guys from a distance for a little while now, um, just because we have some mutual friends and I started to follow your podcast. And I just thought it was a really good idea to have you both on because you guys have been in the podcast space, you guys have been in the social media world for, for quite some time, like as a whole. And I definitely wanted to dive into some insights and perspectives that you've both gained throughout this process because now you guys have families, whether it's marriage and or kids or just being married and you know trying to have kids. And I, know, I think there's a lot of wisdom that comes from all that. But I guess to start, I know lately you both have been talking about how you've been like feeling off like individually and not feeling like yourself. So if you maybe could each explain like what that means to you, like what does feeling off really mean to you? And then like what was going on and what, what have you done to adjust to bring yourself back to a level of homeostasis? Hmm, I love that question. I feel like I've realized being in my late twenties that a lot of my friends who are around the same age can really relate. And even though we're all going through different things, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just a time of life where you're kind of, your brain is fully formed. You're like really trying to figure out who you are, what you believe in, what you're doing. And it's kind of a transitional period for a lot of people that I know, including myself. And I think for me, like something that I've been grappling with lately is feeling like life is just changing or has changed a lot for me where, you know, a lot of my closest friends are moms. And so that's their life. It's like, you know, they're new moms or they're pregnant and they're dealing with that. And it's so fun and exciting for them, but I'm not in that stage of life. And so it's like, 
I can't relate on that level, nor can they relate to me. And I feel like up until this point, I've just, it's all, it's all just been like fun and games with my friends kind of thing. It's just like, we're all in the same phase of life. A lot of us were just married young and we're all kind of like the same in a way. And then now I feel like it's been a thing where I feel, I have felt like left out in a way or just been like, and, and nothing they did just simply because I'm not in that life stage. And so it's been like that. And also, you know, like I said, thinking about what do I believe in? Like I've been trying to have a baby for a while and it hasn't worked. And so I'm like, I've been pushing so hard for this thing. And then recently I've been like, wait, like it, I, I started actually thinking about having kids and it like kind of started to terrify me. I was like, wait, am I even ready to do that? Like. And so I've just been dealing with all these thoughts in my head and that's been contributing to me feeling off personally, but I feel like it's also a really cool opportunity to experience something new in my life. And it's like, life is not always going to be just this trajectory that's perfect. And so I feel like I've grown so much in the past year personally, and that's been really nice. And I've found a lot of individuality and I'm still continuing to do that. And Overall, I think it's been really good for me. So that's kind of where I'm at. Right. And that, and that makes total sense being that, you know, you're at that age where a lot of your friends are, are having kids or they're growing their families and they're not only doing that, they're posting about it on social media constantly. Right. And then we're in this space where if you're a creator or you're in the podcast world, you're constantly like online checking out what other people are doing. And if you're constantly seeing stuff like that, I can imagine it's making, it can make you feel super insecure, left out, isolated, alone, all the things. I'm curious though, because obviously you and Chelsea are very, very close. Not only are you best friends, your business partners, and you do so much together. And Chelsea, you know, recently had a baby. So how are you, what, what kind of things did you tell yourself so that you could honor your own mental health, your own space, but at the same time, like be supportive, you know, of Chelsea throughout her process without it negatively impacting your mental health. Yeah, I think recently I've come to the realization that you can feel two things at once. Like I was always talking to my husband being like trying to figure out how I feel because I'm like, dang, I feel so sad for myself, but I also feel so happy for, you know, Chelsea or for my other friends who are having kids. Like, I don't understand how that's possible. How could I feel like almost pitying myself in a way and feeling sad and lonely, but then also feeling like really excited for them. And I've realized that that's just possible. That's life. And it's okay to feel two things at once. And I think for me, like I just need a little bit of time to, I don't want to say get over something, but to kind of like heal or whatever you want to call it. And with any of my friends becoming pregnant, like the beginning is always the hardest part for me because it's just like, oh dang, this is gonna change everything. I like make up all these things in my head. Now that I'm, we're never even gonna hang out anymore. Like, and again, I, this is never even gonna happen for me. So what this, what does this mean for our friendship, whatever? I kind of freak out. And then within like a month or two, I'm like a lot more at peace with it. And I'm like, this is exciting. This is fun. Like, I love where I'm at in life. Like I'm able to kind of relax about it. So I don't know, I think just time and also not being afraid to voice your feelings to whoever, or even just allow yourself to feel things. So that's been helpful for me too, is just like speaking it out loud or writing things down. And yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you shared that you can have like these two different feelings, two different emotions at the same time, because I think that's that's life. You know, I think it's a, you can be very sad that you're going through something while also in a way remaining optimistic that you're going to get through this hard time or that something better is going to come along or that you are going to have the baby, like whatever it is that you're going through. And I think that ends up really helping you get through those hard times. I know another thing that it's helped you is kind of taking this detox from social media, which we're going to get into later. But I guess I want to now go into to Chelsea because I know Chelsea, you've gone through your own stuff around pregnancy in the, in the sense where you had different things like postpartum, it impacted your mental health. Like, so was that something that contributed to you not feeling like yourself or were you having similar issues to JC and that you were looking at, at things on social media and comparing yourself to where other people were at? Yeah, I think it's a combination of everything combined. I think just anytime change happens and I actually experienced this a little bit even when I first got married and we moved to a different state altogether. It just is hard for me at first to deal with because I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm trying to keep everything the same. I'm trying to, I almost panic a little bit. And so I think after I got pregnant, unlike JC, I actually didn't have that many friends that were having babies that were pregnant. I almost felt like I was like having a teen pregnancy or something. Like I was the only one where I'm like, my baby, like I'm going to be the burden to the group. I'm going to be the one that's like bringing the baby around and everyone else is like able to do whatever they want. And so I felt kind of the same thing that JC was saying. It's like two feelings at once where even like during my pregnancy, I knew almost everyone around me was dealing with infertility. So I felt this guilt. I felt excitement. I wanted to be able to like share it, but I also didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I was always having these conflicting thoughts as well, where I was like, okay, I'm very excited for myself, but I also don't want to like rub anything in. I don't want to, but then I also feel bad that I'm complaining about being sick while I'm being pregnant. So I think it was just a lot of trying to figure things out. And then that also kind of, you know, continued into postpartum as well. When all of a sudden your hormones are just out of whack. And I didn't, I didn't have postpartum depression necessarily or anything. I had a little bit of postpartum anxiety in terms of like intrusive thoughts and I don't know necessarily what's normal or what's not because I've never done this before. So I think also feeling very lonely in that journey because like I said, I, I don't have that many friends that, that close to me that I saw go through this. You know, the last person I remember that close to me that was had a baby and that I could see them postpartum was my mom when she had my younger siblings. And, you know, I don't really remember that. So I think it was just also me and JC have kind of always been on the same life cycle. Like we would always make jokes in high school, like, oh, we are dating boys at the same time. We break up with them at the same time. You know, we go travel for a little bit. We both come back. We both move to the same states. And so I think this was like just both of us kind of realizing like, oh, dang, we're not just able to, you know, do Control exactly this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So also being not being able to relate exactly to each other, but understanding that deep down the feelings are similar. You know, it's like on the surface level, everybody's issues can have different names, but deep down it's kind of comes to the same principle, you know, few principles. So I think we could relate to each other on that in a way of like both of us being like, eh, we're not feeling our, <laughs> our best. But um, which kind of helps, you know, it, even if it's not, I don't understand exactly what you're going through. You don't know exactly what I'm going through, but like we're here for each other to vent, you know, have fun with each other and, you know. 
If you suffer from digestive issues like gas, bloating, cramping, even when you're eating healthy, nutritious foods, then you could probably benefit from a high quality enzyme. If you've never tried enzymes, or even if you've tried and they haven't worked, I want you to give this one a chance. As you know, I'm a big fan of the company Bioptimizers. They are one of the few supplement companies who have the best formulations and use the highest quality ingredients and their products work. I asked them if we could organize a great deal for all of my listeners and they over delivered. Right now you can get a bottle of Mazimes for free. All you need to do is pay a small shipping fee and there's no catch. There's no tricks, no forced continuity, and nothing to cancel. They are so confident in their products that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee, so I'm positive you'll be satisfied with the results. Mazimes is a 17-enzyme full-spectrum formula, plus it contains all the key enzymes needed for optimal digestion. So many individuals suffer from digestive issues because any protein your body doesn't break down can lead to digestive distress, gas, bloating, and constipation. Mazimes can help ensure that all the protein that you consume breaks down into absorbable amino acids. So I strongly suggest that you head on over to their site to grab your bottle before they either run out or take down this offer. Go to mazimes.com slash dougfree. That's M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com forward slash dougfree, which is all one word. And you will automatically get access to your unique coupon code to claim your free bottle. Limit one per household. Offer is valid while supplies last. You're going to love their products. So go now. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. I mean, I think you were having a hard time relating to people just in a different way to JC, but just essentially the same emotions and feelings. And I would think that anytime you're afraid to open up and, and share about what you're going through, you can somehow get disconnected from your truest self because you're now maybe losing your voice in a way, or you're like, oh my gosh, like I don't feel comfortable or secure in, in talking to certain people. And, and that can often obviously impact self-esteem negatively. Yeah, isolates you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And we definitely need community to survive, right? And so like the postpartum stuff, I know that I think I saw something where you struggled with like, like body image, if I'm correct, like after the pregnancy. So if you could talk a bit about what that was like, like what was what was the emotions and feelings like when you were going through that? And then like what have been some of the things that have helped you navigate that in the last few months to get you in a better headspace? Yeah, looking back, I actually am making this realization now because sometimes I forget what happened in my early 20s. Like I, I, I just feel like that was like a different lifetime, but... When I first got married, like I was saying, I like kind of had a big life change as well. I was getting married. I was moving to a different state away from my family. You know, I was like off on my own, doing my own thing. And I um, was struggling at that point with a eating disorder. So I was having disordered eating thoughts. I was going to a therapist, working on that. And it took me a while, but I would say I recovered from that. Very good timing, I guess. And looking back, that really prepped me for postpartum because I think it's just inevitable when you have something happen to your physical body in a short amount of time, especially it's, it's more shocking than anything else is it. I tried to keep telling myself it just is what it is, but it would be, you know, you wake up one day with stretch marks and you're, and you're just like, it's not even that you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is horrible for the rest of my life. It's just shocking. You just, your body's different in one day. And so I think after, you know, pregnancy, you can kind of give yourself excuses of, you know, I'm growing a baby. And then as soon as the baby's out of your body, it's like, 
Okay, the stomach looks exactly the same, but now there's not a baby in it. For some reason, I now feel differently about my stomach. When in reality, it shouldn't be like that, but um, you feel pressure and you see how you compare yourself to everybody else. I'm like, oh my gosh, that girl had a baby, you know, after me and she looks way better than me. Like I now I need to, you know, put pressure myself to, you know, I should look like that or whatever. So I think after postpartum, you know, the first couple of weeks were fine because I wasn't really on social media that much. I was just kind of enjoying newborn bliss. But then as like the six week marks when they say, oh, that's when you're healed. That's your, you know, your go that you can start working out. That life kind of goes back to normal. When the six week mark hit, I was like, oh, I had this expectation that I was going to be exactly the same as I was before pregnancy. And I'm realizing it's not like that. So then that's when I started to feel shame, disappointment in myself. I started to be very unmotivated to work on anything because I was just feeling, I don't know, just bad about it. And having to get used to this new body that, you know, when I looked at photos or videos from a year ago, I looked completely different. I was like, that's such a short amount of time. It's not like I'm looking at videos from 10 years ago. So I think something that's really helped me is body neutrality and just telling myself it is what it is. It's not good. It's not bad. Allowing myself to kind of have those transitional phases of, you know, this week was hard. This week I'm feeling not that great. I'll feel, I'll feel good again, but that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy this week. That, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be taking photos with my child because I'm like, oh, well, I'll look better in a week because you always look back, or at least I do at photos of myself years ago, months ago, and think I should have been nicer to myself in the moment. Like I looked fine. Why was I so stressed about? And so I try to remember that day to day, like just take the photo, just take the video. You're going to look back one day. You're not going to be picking yourself apart. You're going to be like looking back at yourself in awe. And I think that that's kind of helped my mindset shift. And that's been very recent. So that hasn't been, you know, (laughs) I'm just kind of realizing this recently. Absolutely. And I can imagine that going through that experience and continuing to go through this experience could probably be in a way triggering to what you went through in your early 20s when you're having this drastic change in your body, right? And a lot of it you can't control and you're trying to figure out like, how can I navigate this process in a way that's healthy and not something that I'm going to maybe, I don't want to not regret, but maybe just not feel the best about like later on. So when was that moment that you realized like enough is enough? I got to start taking pictures of my kid. I got to actually start to honor my body, love my body, work out in a way that's conducive for the future of your health. Like when was that moment when you realized like, all right, I got to stop like being hard on myself for, for what's going on right now. And then, and make some simple changes. Yeah. I think it was kind of a slow burn almost like it was slow after postpartum, like after I had him to a couple weeks, it was like a slow realization that I was like getting into a bad relationship with my body. And then from that point on, I think it was also slow kind of coming up of simple realizations. And I think it was almost like a week ago, I actually was at a concert. Do you know who BTS is? I don't, but I did see you guys at a concert. (laughs) I'm I'm a dinosaur. Remember that. It's a K-pop group. Anyways, we went to a concert like a week ago and I was saying it gave me so much inspiration. They said nothing about body image. They said nothing about that. But it was just this feeling of there were so many people in the room. Just like when you're at a concert, the feelings are high. You feel like this 
intense level of connection and presentness. Like you're so present. And I had, you know, when you're feeling good, you're going to think good thoughts. And so I had like the inspiration of like, when I got home later that night, I was looking through my photos and I looked at photos of like a couple weeks after he was born. And I remember looking at a photo that in the moment I was like, oh gosh, I look horrible. And I looked at the photo. I was like, I don't even look bad. Like, why was I being so hard on myself? I was, I ruined that day for no reason. And so I kind of, from that point on, I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, I'm just going to take the video, take the photo. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to let it ruin my day. If I see the video, the video or photo, I think I don't look how I should look because that's just a crazy expectation I put on myself that doesn't even need to exist. Yeah. That's a definitely a good way to to kind of to kind of look at it right is to be able to have this perspective shift and this aha moment and i also think it goes back to being able to have like two separate feelings at once like i think you can have the feeling of i need to make a change in my health and that might be something i mean for me i'm, I'm i always get kind of like angry or like super motivated right but i'm also like very optimistic and being like i'm excited to do this because the outcome two, three, four, five months from now is going to be that I'm going to feel better. I'm going to, I'm going to fit better in my clothes. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a better in, in my relationships and all those things. So I guess this is maybe a good time for JC. Cause I know you had kind of a, you had a, a relationship that wasn't going well and the initials were IG and <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so if you could walk the audience through a little bit, like what was going on at that time? Like, I guess other, I know you were going through like the comparison stuff with, with what you were seeing on there, but I know that you were feeling almost like addicted to social media in a way and you kind of had to take a pause. So what, what made you like kind of detox and divorce yourself from Instagram? Yeah, I have done Instagram for almost a decade. It's been my full-time job. I've never even had a quote unquote normal job or had a boss. Like I've just been a photographer since I was in high school and I started my Instagram then and I started getting clients through Instagram. And so it has just been such a massive part of my life for so long. And I think I just started realizing the past, like honestly, a few years, Instagram hasn't been bringing me much positivity. I felt like every time I got on and got off, I was like, oh, I don't have happy feelings right now. I was trying to be self-reflective and I was just like, it doesn't add to my life. Like, yeah, it makes me money, but what what does that even matter when I'm not proud of even what I'm posting because I'm so overwhelmed with just all of the different business ventures or things I have going on. So I can't even do it well. I'm not inspired. Like every time I'm on here, literally five times a day, people are like, I'm pregnant. Here's my gender reveal, like all of it. And I'm just like, so I'm being reminded of that on top of it, which I'm a very like, I feel like something I do well internally is like take accountability. Like when I'm seeing all this stuff and being like, oh, everyone's posting their pregnancy announcements and I'm just feeling so insecure and it's making me sad to see this and that. I really try and self-reflect and I'm like, that's not their fault. That's not their problem. Like I'm not going to make myself the victim and be depressed about this. So I'm going to remove it from my life if that's something that's not making me happy. So that's kind of what inspired the breakup with Instagram. And I also just felt like it was a massive time waster. When I was at the grocery store checking out and I was in the line, I was scrolling through Instagram. When I was in the car with Leif, my husband, I'm scrolling Instagram the whole time he's driving. Like it just started to be this thing where I was like, okay, I'm mindlessly doing this. Doesn't even make me happy. Doesn't add anything good to my life. Why am I doing this? So yeah, that's what inspired it. And it's been since 
yeah, the beginning of the year. So a few months now mm. without it. It's inspirational. I know myself and others listening are like, gosh, I wish I could do that, but just, I just don't have it. I mean, I don't, that's, I don't want to say I don't have it in me, but I just haven't gotten to the point where like the pain of using Instagram is greater than the pain of, 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 yeah, of not using it, I guess, if that's, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And everyone has a different relationship with it. Like I have friends who feel that way about TikTok. They're like, oh my gosh, TikTok is not good for my mental health. I just compare myself so much. I don't get happy. And I'm like, oh, that's not how I feel about TikTok. I think TikTok is super fun. And like, so it's all about how you feel. And also a lot of my friends who are content creators will say that exact thing. They're like, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, you can, but also I understand that I have my podcast and YouTube and TikTok. And so I have other things as far as money goes. And a lot of, you know, some people, they truly only have Instagram. So it's like, what? Yeah, it doesn't make me happy, but it's also how I pay my rent. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? And I, I get that. I I get that perspective as well. Right. So I guess my follow-up question is, so when you disconnected from Instagram, did you do a lot of like inner work to fit to see like why was some of this stuff coming up or why was it impacting your mental health so much or why like how to create better boundaries because i think sometimes like people can just take something away like that but if they don't do the the work to figure out like what was causing that this or why they had an unhealthy relationship to begin with like they'll end up having other unhealthy problems with with other things like down the road did you were you able to kind of look within and, and do some inner work Definitely. I think um, another aspect of the Instagram thing that I didn't mention is like I hadn't grown on Instagram in years and that was super like I'm just I love I'm very goal oriented, very career oriented. And like, again, I don't like to make excuses or like be a victim of my circumstances. So I don't like to blame things like, oh, it's the algorithm. Like I was like, maybe my content's not great anymore. Like maybe I need to adjust. But like for years, it just was very stagnant. And I do not like stagnant. Like I just felt so stifled. And so the reason I bring that up is because on TikTok, I was having a lot of fun with it, but I was also growing and which was fun for me. Right. But something that I realized is like in the moments that I like the growth started to slow down, just like I'm talking day to day. It's like, oh, none of my videos went viral this week. Like they're all got not super high views or something. I would catch myself feeling upset and be like, why did that happen? Like, da, da, da. and that was where I was like, I need to check myself immediately because I didn't think I got off Instagram because like I wasn't getting enough clout or something, you know, but then I was like, no, it's because I don't enjoy it, but I enjoy TikTok. But then it was just kind of this moment where I was like, or do I only enjoy it when people are giving me validation? Like that's concerning. So <laughs> then I started like really thinking about that. And, and yeah, I feel like I've done a lot of just work on myself and just, you know, deep thinking about this type of stuff. I wasn't even anticipating getting rid of Instagram for as long as I have or forever. Like I literally at the beginning was like, Oh, I just need a week or two off. And then I felt so much better that I just had no choice but to continue because I knew it was feeling so good. But yeah, I definitely think those feelings can carry over into other things. If you're not careful and you don't identify what it is, that's, that's the trigger or like, why am I feeling like this when I get on the app? And I guess we all know that if you were to take a social media detox, that you'd likely be less depressed, less anxious, less stressed, you'd sleep better. Was there any other like 
was there any like unexpected blessing that came from it that you like were like wow like i never thought that this would happen when i did this was there did something like that happen i think just mental clarity and inspiration like i i started having feelings like i hadn't had in years because I'm a very creative person. I like to create things and do fun things and live my dream life. Like that's always what I've been about since I was 10 years old. And I felt myself connecting back to that after I deleted the Instagram app from my phone because I was just so much less bogged down by comparison and overwhelm that I was able to be like, Leif, we should make this video just for fun. Like we should make this funny skit or something and then I would make it and it would do really well and I'm like oh I'm getting flashbacks of when I started Instagram and I was only doing it for fun and because I enjoyed it and that's why it was successful and that's why it was fun so I just got so much inspiration and I've been feeling just so like connected to myself which I hoped would happen but I don't think I expected to feel as good as I did right and and so this question is I guess for both of you you guys have been in the game for a long time and it's no secret there's been this new wave of digital creators that has come through the space in the last few years that have completely just taken over the internet. Was there ever like a level of envy or jealousy towards that being that you've been doing this for, you know, so long and that you see sometimes you see people just kind of come up and within a few months, a few years are just blowing up with millions of followers. Did, did that impact you negatively at all? I was going to say, I don't, want to sound like I'm boasting at all, but I feel like, no, I've never really struggled with that because I feel like I've seen a glimmer, even through people I know, like of the real life of fame. And that is not something that I really want. So I feel like I, I never see somebody who like blows up, who has all the success and then they have like no mental health struggles. It's like, I feel like I am at the age now, maybe like uh, JC's been doing this much longer than I have. So I feel like by the time I was like really in it in the last couple of years, I had kind of already worked on my own mental health, like through therapy because of my, my eating disorder kind of forced me to. And so I think by the time that I got, you know, into the podcasting, into the social media, I was in a better headspace maybe. So when I would see these, you know, people kind of blow up, it's like, you know, inspirational in terms of like, Oh, that's cool. That's fun. I want to try and do that. Like, you know, here's these new ideas, but I don't know. I think I've just, I've seen, I've seen what I needed to see. Literally. <laughs> I, I feel similarly. I think I've always seen it as inspirational. Like I always talk about how cool I think it is. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's crazy that like Addison Ray, she was just a normal girl from Louisiana. And then a year later, she's at the Met Gala. Like that to me is really cool. And I don't necessarily think that I have jealousy because I think that Again, the older I get, the more I realize, number one, that a slow burn is sometimes better than a super fast, just like pop up to success. Like, I think that my career has always, it's gone through like, you know, it's highs and lows or it's valleys, whatever, but it's been kind of just this very slow burn and this slow roll of creating a super loyal community. And I would 1 million times rather have that than have like 20 million followers who you know, I feel like kind of disconnected from at that point because I'm just so famous. Like, I don't think that that's even something that I would want. So I think if you would have asked me this question like four years ago, I would have been like, oh, I'm trying to be like, just, I want millions. Like, but I think the older I get, I'm happy where I am. 
that's well said from both of you. I mean, I thought I'd at least ask because again, like I, I wouldn't consider myself to be, I mean, I guess I'm a content creator with the podcast and stuff I post on, post on social, but this hasn't been my, my life for years to where I'm making money off brand deals and, and ads and stuff like that. Going into like the mental health component of being on social media so much, Chelsea, I guess we'll start with you. Like now that you have a child, has that changed the way you view social media or use social media yourself? And what steps are you going to take as a parent to do your, the best that you can to make sure that your kid has a healthy relationship with it? Yeah, I think parents nowadays, that's probably their number one fear is their kid's relationship with social media. At least it was like for me having a kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't even imagine what's going to be available to them, you know, in 10, 15 years from now, you know, cause right now it's scary and I'm like a grown adult. So ever since he's been born and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. I want to show so many photos of him. I want to talk about him. I like want to share him with everybody at the same time, there's this like very protective feeling I have come over me where it's just like this instinct of just like, I don't want anyone to see him or like know anything about him until he has the choice to do that. You know what I mean? And so I think it's kind of like that hard balance to find of like, I want, you know, my friends and family to see him. I want them to know him, but I don't, and I want him to have life experience, obviously, but I don't want to have him feel exploited in any form or fashion. So I've kind of come to this place where it's like, I now, like you said, kind of do see social media in a different way, like through a different light where I'm starting to, you know, see some of the pros of having community, of having other moms that I do, you know, can connect to on Instagram or TikTok because I've learned lots of things from them where it's like, oh, you should start doing this and it'll help their nap time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's life changing. But then at the same time, there's just way too much information to consume. And I just don't feel like my brain right now can even handle that. So sometimes I do feel this kind of withdrawal from it where I start to detach. The more I scroll, the more I'm just like, this is spooky. This is giving me spooky vibes because it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's not real. It really is just a virtual reality that you know everyone's kind of consumed with. So it kind of makes me want to take a step back and just you know take him and do things that are real and have them connect with real people. And then it reminds me to do the same. Like I just need to focus on my circle and like my friends and connect in real life. And if I do have social media interactions, I want them to be meaningful. I don't want it to just be like, what is the algorithm going to pick up? What is going to be, you know, viral? What's going to do this? It's like, I want it to be meaningful, not only for my mental health, but for everybody's. And especially like showing him a good example of, you know, I don't think you can give your children zero screen time because then when they, turn 18, go off into their own world. It's like junk food. It's like, you never give them junk food. They're going to be like, whoa, this is awesome. I'm addicted to sugar now, you know? So I think showing a good example of having a good relationship with social media, exposing them when the time is right and teaching them how to, you know, balance it on their own instead of forcing a balance upon them, I guess. Right. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. And it, it definitely for sure makes sense that your relationship with social media would change when you have, when, you, when you're bringing a child into this world, because you're right, that, that is a massive fear that I hear from parents is like, oh my gosh, like what is their relationship with, with social media going to be like when they're, you know, 10, 15, 20 years old? And what can I do to, to model behavior, to inspire them to have a decent relationship, relationship? So JC, I know you've been doing this longer than Chelsea and let's face it, there's a lot of kids 
that are struggling with their mental health. And we all know that social media can play a massive part in it. So let's just say you're talking to yourself when you're a teenager, you're, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, and you're getting on social media for the first time. And you're looking to either create content, you're looking to be somebody who just consumes content to better educate yourself on certain things. Like, like what advice would you give to that person before they started? I don't know. I would just say like, stay in your lane and create to create. And like, we can talk all day about how there's a lot of scariness that goes on in social media. There's a lot of negatives for sure. But I think I've also seen so many positives and I've met so many of my best friends through social media. I've met the coolest people. I've learned so much. And even the experiences that I've had from being a content creator, I was actually thinking recently, I feel like they will make me they've made me a better person and it's, it's made me like, it will make me a better parent as well. I think than I would have been maybe without the experiences because now that I faced like a lot of criticism and stuff, I feel like I was such a chronic people pleaser before. Sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I feel like I was just such a people pleasing person before. And I've just left so many of those tendencies behind. I still struggle sometimes, but I feel like I've just become so much I guess tougher like and the reason I know that is because now when like I get certain comments I just immediately delete them block them and don't talk about them at all to anyone and I think before I would just run to like Chelsea or Leif and be like look what someone said like they said I'm not even gonna be a good mom and like that I'm this and that and stuff and before that would like hurt me and now I'm just like you don't know me and it's I'm getting older and, and I think being able to model that for my kids like Or I guess if I was talking to myself as a 14 year old, you know, I would just be like, don't ever let like what someone says about you or comparison, like this is not the real world. And I just hope to like give my kids tools to, you know, live their best life and go after what they want without taking everyone's opinions into account and without getting super sidetracked and, you know, comparing themselves to everyone around them. That makes a lot of sense. And I definitely can see like the people pleasing aspect and how, you know, build, you build that muscle when using social media to not care as much about what other people think. But I think there's this, this weird relationship that exists when you're a creator, because to a certain extent, you have to care what other people think. Like you have to be able to know your audience and know what they like about you so that eventually you know, maybe you gain more followers, you gain more listeners to your podcast, people buy stuff like a, like a stuff off of a swipe up, whether it's a, of a brand you post, so you have to kind of know your audience, but you also have to have this healthy balance in a way where you can set these boundaries to make sure you're prioritizing yourself, your own mental health, not caring what, what haters have to say and everything that goes along with the negative side, the negative feedback that, that can come from social media. I think that I mean, I don't think I know that people's self-confidence can get impacted when you're comparing yourself on social media, when you're dealing with body image issues, when you're just super stressed out just from the way the world is right now. So like, what are each of your best practices when it comes to like building self-confidence in yourself so that you're able to deal with a lot of the stuff that you're either going through or that you just have to face as a reality of doing what you do in the podcast space so that you can mentally remain strong and tough. 
we kind of talked about this a little bit on one of our recent episodes. I think it was called like feeling like myself or not feeling like myself. And I actually saw this TikTok. See, this is when social media is good because Mm -hmm. TikTok was great. I was talking about loving being yourself and not loving yourself, if that makes sense. So like loving living life pretty much and loving the experience of being yourself, but not objectifying yourself. And I think that's helped tremendously. It's not trying to convince yourself and not trying to lie to yourself that you're better than everyone or that you're the best or that, you know, anything like that, because I think that's still kind of feeding your ego. And I think when you just get rid of your ego and everything's just kind of not bad, it's not good. There's no judgment that that helps me tremendously because then I can just live my life and I'm not worried about, you know, protecting an identity that I am the best or protecting an identity that I'm the coolest, you know, most successful, prettiest, funniest person alive. It's I can just kind of go about my day and, and things actually don't impact me as much when I feel neutral about myself. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good way to to look at it. I mean, I think you have to separate the fact that like you're not always going to to love yourself. Like there's certain things in life that maybe it's what you do or something you're going through where things might not be good, but you can still love the fact that you are who you are and that you're going to get through that part of life. You're going to learn lessons and, and gain these new insights and perspectives along the way. I mean, JC, what about you? Like, what are some, some steps that you take to help build confidence within yourself? I think just building my individuality and I've kind of been redoing that. I feel like I've always been a very independent, like do my thing type of person. And then in the past few years, I feel like I've been become like very codependent and kind of just going along with like what everyone else wants to do or what people think. And I'm like trying so hard to be like, I I don't know, just get the best in every aspect. Like, okay, I want people on social media to think I'm so like cute and have great style and I'm so fun and funny. And like, I think I've realized that as long as I'm doing my best, that's enough. And I don't have to try and do be anything specific. And I've realized that because the times when I truly let go and I'm like, I'm just going to post this TikTok. I think it's funny. Like I'm not even going to ask anyone for their opinion. I'm not going to send it to Chelsea and say, is this funny? Should I post it? I'm going to post it because I think it's funny. And I've seen like, I've seen results from that. Like I see that it connects me with people when I just trust my gut and I do my thing. So, uh, you know, as an actual like tangible tip, I've just been doing more stuff alone, doing things that I want to do if I'm like, oh, I feel like going to this workout class, but I don't know if like anyone would come with me. It's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go to the workout class. Like I am feeling like getting this drink. Oh, but the place is 15 minutes away and and I don't care. Like I'm going to take myself on a date and just go get the drink. Like I just personally, that's just fun for me because I think it's like rejuvenating this really independent side that side of me that I really enjoy. And so I've just been trying to kind of find my individuality, do my thing, not really ask for approval or opinions and just be myself. There's so much to be said for like getting to know yourself and developing that this immense level of self-awareness around who you are, what you like to do, what makes you excited, what kind of workouts do you enjoy? What kind of foods do you like? Like, you know, you can go on and on with, with examples of like how you can get to know yourself better. And I think that's a really good I, approach to gaining self-confidence because I think there's so many ways to develop self-confidence and 
I think one of the best ones is to just stay true to yourself. But in order to stay true to yourself, you have to know who you are, right? And I think what you just said kind of nails it totally. You guys have a, a massive audience that's predominantly female, like younger females, right? And it's no secret that the mental health struggles amongst like teenage girls has been on the rise these last several years. And it's it's gotten pretty bad. I mean, all things, it's gotten pretty bad. Like if you look at the, some of the numbers, obviously you guys get a lot of people that write into you. You're getting a lot of questions, like, and you have a lot of experience with your own mental health struggles. So like, what do you think is at the root of this? I mean, is it, I mean, I know we've talked about social media. Is it that, is it just stress? Is it societal expectations? Like, what are you seeing is at the root of all this? I think there's always been, I don't think like once social media, you know, started to exist that, you know, mental illness started to exist. I feel like, like I was kind of saying earlier to kind of bring this full circle is like the problems can be surface level. You can kind of label them different things, but I think it always comes down to just kind of a disconnection to oneself. I think you can distract yourself with many things, not even just social media. I mean, for humans have been alive for, I actually don't even know how long, but a long time. And, you know, people have always had issues. They've always had conflicts. They've always had mental illness, whether they called it that or not. And so I think whenever you just are disconnected from the knowing of who you are, that's when all of these, you know, you kind of put too much pressure or or put too much weight into your thoughts and not into like, you know, the understanding of who you actually are. 100%. And I think social media is massive. Like it it is a massive piece of the puzzle because you're see like people have always had problems, but it's so easy to like see everyone else's problems and see everyone else's successes now. Whereas before it's like, I, I always think about this with the infertility thing. It's like, you know, back in the day, my mom was like, oh my gosh, it just seems like so many people like go through infertility now. I didn't know about that many people, you know, I knew one or two, but like, and I'm thinking, well, cause social media didn't exist. Now, now I just, I don't even have to know these people. I just see that they're going through infertility. Maybe, and maybe it has risen for sure, but it's like, we see everything so much more easily now. So it's, even if, you know, if a girl is struggling with her body and that is like a a problem that's been around forever. And there's always been TV and magazines and media and things that make you struggle. But now it's like so connected with your everyday life where if you're having body issues as a 15 year old girl, and then you get on TikTok and you're seeing all these girls who have the body that you think you want. I I can only imagine that that is triggering and that that is like going to make your issues feel so much worse. I think social media is a massive piece of all of the like we always have people writing into kind of like what I was just saying about like I'm not on the same timeline as my friends or like I feel like I should be married by now and I'm like 30 and I still whatever and it's like because you're seeing I imagine all these people on social media that already are married and have kids and that makes it so much worse that makes it feel so much worse yeah it's like information overload it's funny I was just having this conversation with somebody that the other day who was essentially just you know, we were talking about how things have changed that, that now, like a lot of kids, they, they, they talk about so much more as far as like what people are doing in college or what somebody's up to in high school or whatever the case may be, because they're seeing so much more on social media that they're able to see via different platforms, what somebody's doing where, you know, I'm 34, I'm going to be 35 this year. 
I wouldn't know what someone's up to after high school if I didn't hang out with them, unless I saw them at a grocery store, unless I ran into them at a reunion or something like that was the only way I knew other than like just regular word of mouth as to what somebody was up to. But now it's like things are just cycling through social media 24 seven at this pace that is impossible to keep up with for, for the average person. And so it makes sense that people are now having these having much more intense problems with comparison yeah and, and you're living like if you think about it if you follow 500 people on instagram and 500 people on tiktok and you're on there a lot of the day you're kind of like living other people's lives not your own you're going through people's stories all day and then you go to tiktok and watch people's videos and it's like you lay your head a lot of people just do that literally all day and then they go to bed at night and it's like at what point did you live your own life and have fun and you know what i mean not not everyone i'm sure not everyone's as addicted as me i'm like that's that's used to be my life i just felt like i was on instagram all day and then i would go to bed and i'm like wait now i'm more depressed like because i didn't even do anything for me or to hang out with you know, my friends and my family. And I would have rather FaceTimed my mom for an hour than been scrolling for an hour. Like that would have been more helpful. I don't know. So I think you're just living this life. That's like Chelsea said, very disconnected from your own mind and body. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's, it almost becomes like an addiction because in many, many cases, if not all right, when you're addicted to something, you're engaging in a behavior that feels like normal or good in the moment. But afterwards you're like kicking yourself being like, why'd I do that? Like I knew I shouldn't have been scrolling for 30 minutes or for me, like I'll, I'll sometimes I'll get like the notification on my phone because I thought I'd be like super smart and have boundaries. And it's like, Oh, like you have five <laughs> minutes left of Instagram today. And I'm like, dang it. It's like 1130. <laughs> yeah, so, literally, you know, exactly. We, we've tried the screen time thing. It never works. We've tried the notifications. We just started silencing them. It was yeah. making us feel too bad. It's like ignore for an hour. No. And then it'll pop up again. It's like, oh, ignore for the day. Like, I'll just do it for today. And then it just repeats itself. It just becomes part of the routine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so what's next for both of you? I know you have the podcast that is very successful and that helps a lot of people. I know you both are active on social media and the platforms that you're aligned with. Like, is there going to be like live events? Is there going to be some sort of book? Like what's next? What's next for you guys on that? Yeah, we want the podcast, like we love the podcast and I would just love nothing more to just keep going with it and do live shows and do more fun merch and like we just have a lot of fun ideas for the podcast and we were supposed to actually go on a little tour in 2020 and then everything happened with that and we just haven't done anything live since then. We're actually doing a live little speaking thing this weekend which will be super fun. But I think, yeah, just growing the podcast and growing our personal brands. I've been working on a brand of my own that I like just barely teased kind of for the first time like this week. I, I mean, all I did was mention that I'm doing something. I've been working on a project. I feel annoying even saying that because I just like can't really give any more info, but I that's basically all I do every day is work on it. So on my YouTube channel, I was like, oh, by the way, guys, like I can't vlog anything because this is all I work on and I can't even talk about it. So just know that something's coming and that big things are always coming. Big things are always around the corner. <laughs> what about you, Chelsea? Are you kind of working on anything like personally for yourself or is your main focus other than the podcast, just family, being a mom, being a wife and everything that goes along with that? Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like 
I feel this draw in both ways of just wanting to focus on family and understanding more than anything, like the importance of just connection. And like, that's the purpose of life is connection and, you know, being with other people and like experiencing life to its fullest and experiencing joy and all these, you know, everything that comes along with joy, which is like the highs and the lows. So yes, like while I've been like so focused on my family at the same time, it's so interesting that you know, even when I was nine months pregnant, waiting to go into labor, I was having like all these ideas and like business ideas and like texting JC, like, cause I was doing nothing, just waiting for my kid to come out. But I was like scrolling on Pinterest, coming up with these ideas because I, I finally had given myself time to relax. And I was like, Oh, this is a good reminder of like things that I actually want to do. And I think sometimes, or I guess I was scared that I would turn into a completely different person after I, you know, gave birth and became a mom. And while that is true, it's very transformative. I still like the same things that I liked and I still like to do, you know, the same things that I like to do. So it kind of gave me a little boost of motivation to kind of get back to things that I'm passionate about, like health and wellness. And I kind of, you know, had these other business ideas that I'm like, Oh, you know, I tell Jason this all the time. It's like the fifth time I've said this on a podcast, but she's so uh, good with business stuff, getting things like started that I'm like, Oh, I'm drawing so much inspiration from you. I just having, you know, all these great ideas. So to answer your question, big things coming. Yeah. Big things coming. <laughs> big things coming for the, what we said crew mm, and uh, yes. JC and Chelsea. This has been awesome. I think people are going to get a lot out of this, whether people are listening from my audience or maybe some of your audience comes over here and they, they find out things that maybe they didn't know or because I think I got you guys to, to open up and, and share some different things, which I think are going to, it's going to be very useful for, for people, no matter if it's a parent, no matter if it's a kid, no matter if it's just somebody who wants to learn more about the life of a content creator and, and talk about and learn more about like some of the ins and outs and some of the behind the scenes things of how it can impact mental health, how it can impact self-confidence and, and that sort of thing. So I wanted to thank you both for coming on here. If people want to follow along, they want to check out the podcast or connect with you on social media, where's the best place for them to do that? Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, Lila. this was a great conversation. You guys can follow us at What We Said Podcast on Instagram. That's kind of a great hub for everything. You can listen to our podcast, What We Said, anywhere. Podcasts are available. And then my socials are just JC Marie Smith. Find me on TikTok, YouTube. I do weekly vlogs. And mine's Chelsea J. Curtis. Same thing on all platforms. Sweet. Well, make sure to plug all that stuff in the show notes. And for those listening, what I encourage you to do is to share a takeaway. Maybe it was something that JC said about comparison or taking a break from social media, or perhaps it was something that Chelsea said about some of the issues that she had um, postpartum or how she's going to navigate the social social media world with her kid and being a mom, Uh, whatever it was, tag JC, tag Chelsea and tag myself because we'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we'll see you next time.